0: Chapter 28 and the end of verse 25 says, After Paul had spoken one word, I love that how the verse says that I spoke one word. All you need is one word to change the world. One word can change the world. Then the Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our father, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear. And shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull. I think that's important to, to mark right there for everybody. And let me tell you why religion had made them dull. Religion said, I, I've learned enough. Religion said, oh, no, 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 you're not allowed to come in here. Religion said, no, 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 we don't need any more. We've got all the law we need. I don't need relationship. We've got Religion. Because religion, even after the the death and resurrection of Christ, kept on ticking. They just remade, rebuilt, and kept on moving. But he was saying, listen, you've grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes. Now he's saying almost like a sarcasm. Lest they should actually see. Lest they should actually understand and hear. Lest they should have their hearts turned so that God can heal them. Do you want to be healed? And do you want to hear God, feel God, know amen. God? Yes. Then he says this. He says, therefore, let it be known to you that salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. Somebody said amen. amen. And they will hear it. And when he said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute amongst themselves. I love that because that gives me permission to leave people angry. As a preacher, you know, like you're always like, well, I don't want to offend anybody. And you're always worried about, but Paul's like, oh no, this is going to make some of you mad. And you're going to leave here and you're going to argue in the car. (laughs) But I want you to hear what's necessary. I want you to hear what's needed. I want you to hear some truth because it's only the truth that can set you free because if I keep perpetuating the lie within you and pacifying you, you'll still remain captive. But if I can say something that I become the bad guy, at least you'll become free. And so he says, he says, and when these things, he said these words, the Jews departed, had a great dispute amongst themselves. Then Paul went two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching, the kingdom of God, and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and no one forbidding Him. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that we would hear it and preach with confidence. I pray, God, confidence would be in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. God, for those online, for all three of our prisons tuning in today. God, Lord, for every home church that's tuning in today. God, for our brothers in Nepal that are gonna be tuning in tomorrow on this. And Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that you would speak clearly, speak powerfully, do your work, your will, and your way. And Holy Spirit, anoint me to flow with you to preach your word to be nimble of mind and flexible of spirit, God, Lord, that I might be able to accomplish the assignment that you have me on. And I pray, God, you would use me as a conduit, get Landon out of the way, and let the Lord lead. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to get right to preaching. Is that all right? Yes. I, I have a lot that I have to say, and uh, I want to make sure you get it, the full download, okay? So, number one, get your notebooks out, your Bibles out, take good notes because we're a note-taking church. We take what God is saying to us seriously. And then, on top of that, we're an expressive church who knows how to give a good amen. amen. Okay, third service, you had your espresso today. You slept in, and you look beautiful, by the way. I see all smiling faces. Can I just? Can you look at me and smile real quick? You know, not every service smiles. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, sometimes we get some strangers walk in here, and they're like, "All right, preacher." Let's see what you got. And I'm like, dang, man, this is going to be a hard road to hoe right here. <laughs> but I'm thankful you're here with your wonderful smile uh, and, and thankful that you're ready to receive. Did you know that it's, it's so important? Let me tell you why. The Bible says that Peter stood up in the day of Acts after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He preached the whole gospel to tens of thousands of people. And the Bible says those who gladly received. And then it says at the 3,000, it talks about the outpouring of the whole, and it, uh, then it talks about the the, the literal m- multiplication that took place uh, throughout the whole earth after those who smiled Amen. and said, oh yeah, I'd like a little more Jesus. Let's go ahead, go ahead, preach the word, brother. So so just for my sake, say, go ahead, preacher. Go ahead, Okay, great. I love it. Okay. So we're on uh, this little mini series, but kind of a long series. It's I started it in January, and then... We've kind of pieced together, and God gave us a word for the year, and I'm kind of closing it out right now. Uh, And this is the culmination of our vision for the year, which is the voyage. So write the voyage down. Now, the voyage is very important because it's all about, and write this underneath there, it's almost a tagline, taking territory. Because it was never about anything other than taking territory. It's the enemy, he, yeah, sure, he doesn't like you, but he doesn't care about you. Uh, know that the, the devil likes to torment people, but doesn't care if you live or die, doesn't care if you do anything. The devil doesn't care even that you go to church. He's like, great. Go to church. As long as you don't make an impact, if you never take territory, if you never make an impact, if you never influence anybody, I'm glad you're worshiping Jesus because I would la- I would rather a bunch of pew sitting Christians than a bunch of disciple making warriors that know how to go out and do something. So the, the whole point of this, thank you for oh, third service is ready to preach. The, the voyage is all about taking territory. And I preached a while back. You need to go back and listen to it. It was all about the demon-possessed man and how the demon, we all thought it was about casting demons out, but it was really, he said, You cast us out from the man, but don't send us from this place. Because they want to take, they want to keep the terror. Some of you, you, your families have lived in the same area for a very long time, and you've wondered why your family has dealt with the same demonic oppression wow. from generation wow. to generation. Wow. It's it's called a generational curse, but it's more than that. It's the the Bible calls it the principalities and spirits of the air, wow. and and they think that they rule over your life. They think they're in charge of you. Oh, I know what worked to hurt your parents. I'll I'll use the same thing on you. Oh, I know what worked to kill your granddaddy. I'll kill you too. And he he doesn't care about you. He cares about the territory. And the kingdom of God will take it by force and we will stop. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. We can overcome. We can cast out demons. We can heal the sick. We can watch the lame walk. We can do everything that God has called and created us to. But it's not just about you. Quit making it your pity, personal party and know that it is about taking territory i know i'm, I'm starting off strong so let's rewind uh, so we've talked about the cool phrase embarking towards discovery and so there we go we'll lighten it up a little bit uh, and we're going to embark and we're going to go on this journey this voyage and we want to go and in- discover and and when we're on our journey of discovery there's always a touch of destiny and so, whenever you're going out to, hey, what? I wonder what that's like. I, okay, let me put it like this: in your walk with Jesus, the first time you really got to reading the Bible, and you you started to discover, but there was destiny. You found, and then all of a sudden, you 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 sang for the first time, and you you discovered something, but there was destiny in there. Are you feeling what it, the, the impact and how to the two come together? And so, every time you set out with the Lord to to discover something. God says there's destiny there. Watch out. And so uh, I want to show you some things. So Paul, we talked about his voyage. And his voyage uh, started out in actually Acts chapter 19 where God says, I want you to go to Caesar and I want you to talk to Caesar. And then what he was going to do inadvertently is now that he's the head of the church, Paul, he was going to take the head of the headquarters of the church from Jerusalem to Rome with this trip. But he didn't get started on the trip until Acts chapter 27. And so last week, I'll just do a quick recap. Last week, we began to just dive in just a little bit, get the surface level. And that is we started off by understanding that Paul began this journey as a prisoner. He thought he was going as a preacher. But they said, no, no, bro, you're in chains now. Have you ever started out? We talked about this, the prisoner and the preacher. Sometimes your journey starts out different than you thought it would. And you're more captive than you thought you were. And and you may not look like you thought. You may not feel. You may not have the title you thought you did. I know a lot of people who begin to set out on their journey with Christ. And they're like, let's do this. Let's go. And they got a mission on mind. And then all of a sudden they find out it's a lot harder road than they thought. And they thought this was going to be great because God's calling me out to discover. So this is going to be awesome. I just got saved. I love Jesus. This is great. We got the Bible. I could, Man, this is going to be a wonderful... And the enemy's got you in chains. And, and, and But remember, chains never stopped Paul before. And if Paul wanted to, Paul could sing and these chains come off. How many would I love? Josh sings good, but, but not as good as Paul. I think Paul sings Paul sang so good. Oh! And chains come off, you know. I don't know what note you have to hit for chains to fall, <laughs> but there is a heavenly note right there somewhere—not not from my voice, but from Paul. So chains—he could—he could have sang, "Chains come off, walk off the ship." He could have walked on water. He could have literally said, "No, nah, I'm done with the ship thing. I'm gonna walk and walk right on water." Could have. But he said, "He said, no, no. We'll use what the enemy meant for evil for good." Because it, what good would that scripture be, lest you see the picture? And Paul says, let me show you what the enemy meant for evil, how it does turn for good. Because I'm, I'm going to, oh man, I want to preach. I, I love how Paul just said, I'll let you chain me. I'll let you carry me on your slave prison ship. I'll let you try to think that you're in charge, and I'll really show you a greater thing. I, you think you're going to tell me, but I'm about to show you. And I love how Paul starts off like that. But then the journey... We talked about one step after another. It took too long. Everybody say it took too long. So we talk about the journey going too long. It took too long to get married took too long to find a friend took too long to get plugged into Flagstaff took too long to find the career took too long to have kids took too long to get rid of that bitterness took too long to get rid of that unforgiveness took too long to get rid of my prejudice took too long to it took too long for my marriage to finally be healed it took too long somebody say it took too long it took too long to get for my how many have ever prayed like God tomorrow all the bills are due but you, me, and Wells Fargo know that there ain't enough in the account. And Lord, y'all, anybody else? Lord, where's, where's my sinners out there who actually know what I'm talking about? And you're like, and you're like, God, I, I prayed this prayer. I'm like, Lord, oh, I got myself into some trouble. <laughs> but I need you to not let those overdraft fees hit. And I need to get into a place where my checking and my savings go together. <laughs> Some of y'all get that, and then it, like Lord, make all the bills get paid on Monday, like and I and I prayed that, but it's like nope, doesn't happen on Monday. And after seven overdraft fees, you're like, Lord, this is the opposite of what I prayed for. <laughs> And then, then it was, then after the seven, then after that, then you, it's not, didn't happen on Friday even. And then all of a sudden you had to go work another shift and a couple other things and sell a few things. And then all of a sudden you had to go figure out how to way to get that money before the money was way past due. And then finally you get it paid. And then you learned a very, very important lesson that you need to make sure you steward what you have better. Oh God. So God, sometimes it feels like it's taking too long, but God's saying, Oh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we're almost there, right? Because God's not going to answer it till you know how to handle it. So God says, "Okay, let's let's get there. Yeah, I I, I judge how I'm preaching by my wife. She says I'm doing good. So we have this awesome opportunity to go through the journey and allow God to take us through the process. Well, in that process, Paul, the preacher, says to the people, he says, hey, guys, we're headed for a difficult storm. This is bad. This is really bad. I need you to take a different course, chart a different course. And we talked about the preacher and the pilot. Remember that? We talked about the preacher and the pilot because the world constantly wants to tell us you ought to live by your senses when the Lord says you need to live by the Spirit. And so we need to live by experience, right, rather than His touch. We need to live by our data rather than His divine influence. We, we, I'll put it a, a hundred different ways, but we're constantly trying to live by what and make sense of things. And we talked about that a little bit. We're trying to make sense of it. Okay, let's figure this out. Let's, uh, I'll determine how, where I'm supposed to go. This, is, this doesn't make sense. God, well, okay, we really, uh, let's go ahead and stay this course because if you're just trying to make sense of your journey, you're in for a world of trouble because if you're constantly trying to make sense of not only your journey, but on top of that, on your ministry and you're all called to ministry, it's going to be difficult with God because he changes up the equation. Remember that third service? We talked about changing up the equation and God will do it differently. What one ship, one time there was a storm, and Jesus let him row for hours watching him. And he was like, okay, now. And he shows up on the boat. As soon as he sets foot on the boat, they arrive at their destination. Right. The, the other time, there's all kinds of different moments. One time he was asleep. They woke him up. He says, oh, storm, stop. And silences the storm. The next time, Paul's on a ship, and he lets the storm come. God's going to do it differently. God's going to throw mud and spit in somebody's eye and just say, hey, you're healed. And then he's going to do it differently. It's always going to be a little bit different, and 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 what? But we're trying to make sense of everything, and we—if it doesn't fit in our little box right here, then then it can't be God, because that that little box we call that religion. But God is saying over here, I can't fit in your box, because relationship always is changing, church and the body of Christ and ministry is always evolving and growing. Oh, the reason you can't have church like your grandmama had church is because the church had to change. It's because things had to change. It's be, some people talk about. Oh, give me that old time religion! Oh, you want to go? What, what what does that mean? Because that song came from the fifties when white people couldn't worship with black people. Is that? The, what, do you want to go back to? You want old time religion? That's what you want? Or, or, or you want to go back even further when we would just totally demoralize women and they were beneath the level of a dog in our house? Well, which what? Where do you want to go back to? Oh, i sorry. That's that's my little. Whew. Where where we where we tell people we don't need to go back, God says I, I, sing a new song. He says can't you see I want to do a new thing? Can't you see that God has not run out of ideas and God has not run out of creativity and God can conti- continue because the church is the bride and the bride is a growing living organism that is meant to change. Don't don't try to make sense. Be moved by the Spirit so we talked about that and and now I got to preach about it a little bit more but then after that uh, they 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 go ahead you remember the part where it, they did their own thing you remember no one two people three people okay they did their own thing they didn't listen to the preacher they listened to the pilot and then all of a sudden remember it was the wind the wind blew softly and and they they started they started out on a journey remember you remember and they turn back to Paul and like, see Paul, I told you so. Because God will always allow your first incorrect step to be more gentle for you rather than the first pitfall of your life. And God will allow you some grace. Oh, thank God for grace. Thank God for the space of grace. Thank God for not, I didn't listen to the soft wind. I didn't even listen to the rough wind. I didn't even listen to the hard wind. I had to get in the middle of the worst storm of my life to finally shut my pilot up and listen to the preacher in my life, the voice of God in my life, because he let the soft wind blow first. And then after he let the soft wind blow and they got into a 14 day storm. There was three points I gave in one of the services and I don't remember which one I gave it in. Actually, it was a total of five services last weekend, so forgive me. But I want you to give you these. Uh, He did three things. He said, okay, now that you're in the storm, you need to do these three things. Write these three things down. Number one, you need to bridge it up. Everybody say bridge up. up. Then I want you to lighten it up. up. And then I want you to free it up. up. He gave him three specific instructions because he was saying you're going to brace the ship up, which is a repetition of rope. Uh, going back and forth underneath the hull of the ship, back and forth, back and forth. And that speaks to the bridging up your prayer life. Your, yes. Don't just pray once. Do it a 100 times. Amen. Don't just read your word once and say, oh, I never got anything. Read it again. Don't, don't, just, don't, just, just go, don't just go to church once and say, it's just not for me. Keep going. Keep coming. Keep bridging your life up. Bridge your life up. Bridge your life up. Bridge your life up. Bridge your life up. Your life up. Because it's for your own sake. And then lighten up. So everybody smile. Show me those pearly whites again. Even if you got no teeth, let the gap show. I, we, we ought to we ought we ought to lighten it up. Smile every once in a while. When you leave here today, leave here happy for me. When you go out to eat today and you tell people you're a Christian and you got your Bible next to you while you're having brunch, go ahead and smile every once in a while so that people know that Christians aren't downtrodden, pathetic, boring people who don't know how to smile. We ought to lighten up, lighten the load a little bit. I got a lot of we got a lot of miserable Christians out there. Do you live for Jesus? Your life could be miserable too. (laughs) Join the club. Lighten up. That's not the life that God wants you. Because even in the middle of your, stor- your worst storm, I could still smile because we make mountains out of molehills. And we make a soft wind into a storm where God says, I'm greater than the storm. I'm bigger than the problem. I-, I own your tomorrow. I have your purpose. I have your life. And if you'll smile every once in a while, it'll let me know that I'm in charge. Because, man, you could take the worst punch from the enemy and smile right back and say, dude, that's, that's all you've got. Oh, that's somebody needs to hear this. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million times again. The biggest testimony of your life is I'm still here. I'm still standing. I came to church. I'm streaming online. I showed up today. I'm still devil. You couldn't take me then. You'll never take me. You ain't got nothing on me. Every hit you've ever thrown at me has been a weak, pathetic punch, and I'm still here. And so you just get a a little crazy, a little bold with the devil, a little savage. You just let them know that's not how that's not how we roll. And then third, free up, because we talked about the tackle and we talked about how the tackle could entangle you. Because Paul later on after this, he said, hey, but, you know, all of us are going to live now that you've done these three things. All of us are going to live. But the ship is going to ship's going to be destroyed. And we talked about how the very thing that carried you here can't go into your tomorrow because many of us were driven. That shit was being driven. The Bible says over and over and over. It was driven by the wind. It was driven by the sea. And a lot of our lives that's how we look. We look driven. We look driven. We look driven into our job. Driven into a marriage. Driven into kids. Driven into uh, waking up another day and doing what our boss tells us. Driven to get here to church. Driven. 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 Driven driven into a friendship. Driven into a... All these things we get driven into when I know that my scripture tells me that I'm not meant to be driven but I'm meant to be directed by the holy spirit and your life the ship that has driven you thus far cannot be carried into your tomorrow the bible puts it like this in another way you can't put new wine in old wineskins what's the old mentality that you used to have what's the old heart you used to have the old pride vanity insecurity what are the issues paul said i'm a sinner among sinners i'm the worst Paul said, God was saying, Paul, we're going to we're going to kill some things on this trip. Not you, but something's going to something's going to have to be left behind. We got to leave the ship behind. And then he says, Okay, now put down four anchors and four anchors wasn't for the ship, but was for the people. Because my family is a sailing family and they have a long generation of sailors and preachers. And one of the things about sailing is if you're in a massive storm with a big sized ship like they were in carrying two hundred and seventy six people. And you put four anchors over the front of your ship that when the winds are pulling it one direction, the anchor is pulling in another direction. And so what it means is you're about to your ship's going to be torn into pieces, but it'll save the people in it. And so they're going to drop some anchors. So I want you to write these things down four anchors, four anchors. And I want you to identify four anchors in your life. Now, these are the four anchors I've identified in my life and I've identified through these scripture. Um, they're not in this order. I'm going to talk about it in a random order. But the first one is worship anchor of worship. Why why an anchor of worship? Because Paul knew how to worship in the worst storm. Paul worshiped when he was in chains. Paul worshiped at any time. Paul knew how to work. Paul knew how to come into a church service, a synagogue, a temple, and he would would worship God. He knew how to walk down the street worshiping. He knew how to worship God in spirit and in truth. He knew how to worship God on a good day and a bad day, on a beaten day and a building day. He knew how to worship God because no matter what the enemy throws at you, if your worship is greater than your worries, then God will always work it for your good. But you gotta be able to start worshiping so worry can fade. If you're not, wor- if worry is plaguing your life right now, worship is your answer. Amen. If worry about, oh, but if, if they get elected, oh, everybody got quiet because I'm talking I mentioned politics. Uh, or let's switch it. Oh, 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 but if Corona doesn't break soon, our economy is not good, if we don't get a vaccine or if we don't get and worry plagues, plagues, plagues and plagues and plagues our life. But God is saying, if you'll just worship me, worry will fade. If you'll worship me, I'll do the work. If you'll put it, if you'll drop an anchor of worship, even though the ship may go to nothing, I'll keep you alive Amen. because I need you to have an anchor of worship. You raise your hands. You clap. You sing. You dance. You shout out loud and say, "God, you know what? No matter what storm I'm in, my worship is greater than my storm." And then the next one I want to talk about is faith. I have to have an anchor of faith, an anchor of faith that's greater than my current situation, than my current condition. I don't. I don't need to have faith that is conditional. I need to have faith that is greater than my condition because your courage comes from your faith. But if your faith is tied to condition, so isn't your courage. No wonder you can't be bold with Christ because your courage is connected to your condition. But if your courage is connected to Christ, there you following all the seasons. Have I lost you yet? If you're following your courage to Christ, then you'll always be greater than your condition. No matter what condition, no matter if cancer comes, no matter if divorce may attack you, no matter if financial, ma- whatever may come, our world is in a current condition right now. Is our Christ greater than our condition or is our condition greater than Christ? Because right now our faith as believers is waning. Because we haven't dropped an anchor to say, hey, I have an anchor of faith. Oh. The next one is an anchor of purpose. <clears throat> an anchor of purpose is huge because Paul speaks over it over and over and over again. He says, hey, guys, we're all going to live, but the ship's going to go down, and it's because of me. He says, God won't let me die in this storm. God don't, he won't let me die because I have to go talk to Caesar, oh. and I have to, I have to go reach the other a, a third of the world. I've already, I, by the time I'm done, I'll have reached two-thirds of the world. But I got to go over here. I've got territory to take. And he says, I can't die in this storm because God's got a bigger battle in front of me. The, The enemy thinks he can kill you in the little breeze that he's got you in, but you need to understand your purpose is much greater than the storm that you face. And if you have an anchor of purpose, you can say, Storm, you can't take me. I got more to do. I got more territory to take. I got more lives to reach, more influence. Right, Gino? I got more stuff to do. I got. I got a world to reach. We got people to save. We got a whole, we got to build people up even back to the anchor of faith. How are we going to be able to build people up in their faith if we don't get people in the building and tuning online? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But it's our purpose to go and get people. It's our, invite somebody. What's your purpose? What territory are you taking? Paul knew his purpose. Paul knew he had to go to Rome. He had to speak to Caesar. He was going to go out, and he was going to change the world. But he knew that this storm couldn't take him. And how many of us has our storm taken us because we forgot the anchor of our purpose? And then after that, the anchor of hope, because you can't live without hope. We we have a world dying, needing hope. And and they say, oh, the world is over, right? It's all doomsday. How many have ever seen one of the the end-time preachers? preaching they're all talking about end times and it's over and armageddon is coming jesus is coming back and we're going to hell in a handbasket the world is over let me just tell you i have hope because the reason i have hope i have one hope one faith one baptism one salvation and i know who it's in and he says when it's over he says when it's done and he says you know what i've got you don't worry about that because even if you're here i'm still with you because my word will never fail i'll neither leave you nor forsake you that's what my word says so I've got a hope in his word and his yeah. promise that no matter what the world does I've still got God yeah. and, and, and I can stand on that now let's keep moving so Paul he hasn't dropped these anchors but then of course the ship is destroyed torn into pieces and then they get washed ashore to an island called Malta little Malta everybody say little Malta I wonder if there's anybody here today who's ever been in a place that felt smaller than your potential. You constantly feel like you're looked down upon, so your insecurities come out, and you try to, you know, or your, you're... Or you're all the little issues, all the little things come out because it's like, oh, I got to fight to make it happen. I got to force to do this. I got to try to act like that. I got to try to look like I'm bigger than I am. I got to try to act like I'm bigger or better than I am. And God is saying, Look, are you allowing your place to determine your potential or your purpose? Because your purpose is still with me and I have your purpose. Because sometimes we can be put in a place where it's a cubicle, it's a job, it's a. It's a boss that demeans us and belittles us. It's a it's a sometimes it's a school, sometimes it's a teacher, sometimes, sometimes it looks like it takes a lot of different shapes, but little Malta can feel like you've been stuck in a place where it's beneath you or even too small for you. Like I, I feel like I've got something greater in me, something bigger in me. And and you're meant for greatness. And Paul says, Okay, well, while I'm here, might as well save the whole island. Because Paul knew that even though this was a pit stop, he said, let's just go ahead and do some work anyway. Paul ends up healing the father of the main guy of the island. He ends up healing everybody who has sickness and disease on the island for three months because he's like, well, while I'm here, might as well reach every single person on this island so they know who Jesus is. Because if God's got, hey, the. See, the perspective is I'm just a big fish in a little pond or, hey, I'm a big fish in a little pond that can make a big difference and I can make a huge difference here and we can keep making differences everywhere. God, you want to call us to Winslow. God, you want to call us to Page. You want to call us wherever, Show low. God, we'll go wherever you want us to. There's no place that limits my purpose. But Paul, they're freezing, they're cold. And the really important part that I want you to note is this, you're, you're here on time. And you're here on purpose. Right now, on October 18th, Paul just landed on Malta in 59 AD. And this word has never been preached like it is right now. Because the timing is perfect. And God has said, right now, the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you, you're here on purpose and not for the person next to you, for you. And I've got a word for you. And this next piece that I want you to hear is this. Paul lands there and it's October, it's cold, it's freezing, there's a massive storm. By the way, he's been fasting this whole time. So he's the weakest man on the ship physically. And so he's been fasting and praying. He hasn't eaten nothing but water. They all almost drown. They barely make it to the island. When they land there, they're all freezing cold and have nothing. So Paul, with a couple others, out of the 276, they begin to make a fire for everybody. And so Paul, while gathering fire, I want you to hear this. Paul, while he's trying to help other people, he's building a fire for other people. He reaches in and gets bit by a viper. I want to talk to somebody who's ever gotten bit by trying to help somebody else. I, I feel this as a, as a preacher every once in a while. I feel this because all a preacher wants to do is say, "Man, we just want to help you. We just want to get your fire ignited with God, and we just want to do this." And all I hear is. Tch, tch all down my arm and and that's all oh, oh well we don't like your preaching oh well we oh, what about that singing and what uh, oh you know what uh, is that biblically correct there brother you know all these weird things that people try to throw and the venom tries to bite because i want to talk to i want to preach to somebody who's tried to somebody who's lived long enough to help somebody and got bitten back and you try to help and you try to ha- and you try to do something good and warm people up only to get venomous reactions And Paul, he sits there and he gets a bite from a viper. And you know what Paul does? He looks right at everybody and he's like, huh. Looks at them all in the eyes, 276. And you know what they start saying? Oh my God, he must be cursed. God doesn't love him. He must be a murderer. Oh, this guy's weird. Oh, this guy's crazy. Oh, no wonder. I didn't like, you know What? I told you I didn't like him. I told, I knew he wasn't good. And people do this all the time. When you go through a divorce, oh, I told you. God, When you go through bankruptcy, oh, I told you. Look at God doesn't love them. God Oh, you go through all hell in your life and people want to judge your life because of the attack on your life? Oh, let me bring some freedom to somebody. Because the same people who judged him for getting bit and through the sarcasm and through the mockery at him like a fool, they all, did was shake it off and looked them right up and down like they were insane and then he stood there and then when he shook it off and nothing happened they go oh he must be a god oh my oh my bro, brother landon you're better than td jakes hallelujah oh no oh well what i meant to say is i love you oh no no you guys are incredible i take back everything i just said you're phenomenal And they want, but if you live off their praise, you'll die off their criticism. And if you live off of what people feel about you, you'll die off of what they think about you. You you cannot live in that roller coaster driven storm of life. Who cares? Paul did not care. Paul didn't care, man. Paul literally looked at him like, didn't change my purpose, didn't change my anchor, didn't change who I am, didn't change my destiny, didn't change my discovery, didn't change a thing about me. Paul shook it off. Somebody say, Shake it off. Shake it off. Because haters going to hate, 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 yeah. hate, hate. <laughs> and players, singing with me, going to play, 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 play. But all I need to do is shake, 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 shake it off. <laughs> Praise the Lord for Taylor Swift. <laughs> because you know what? That's what you got to do. I just gave you the key to shaking venom off because the victory is always greater than the venom and the venom may try to plague you. The venom is going to try to cause you to be bitter. The venom is going to try to get unforgiveness in your heart. The venom is going to put jealousy in you. The venom is going to put envy in you. The venom is going to put strife in you. The The venom is so powerful, it can put division in you. But the victory is greater when you just shake it off. You just shake it off and say, "Devil, you can't hold me. Devil, I forgive my brother. Devil, I love them. Devil, I pray for them. No, no, devil, you can't hold me. No, oh, no, no, venom, you got nothing on my victory because I know who has my victory. I'm gonna shake it off today. I'm gonna shake off all that garbage today. I'm gonna shake it off. I, you can't stop me. And who do, you, who do you think sent the serpent? The devil himself." Sent the serpent. Why? Because he didn't want him healing everybody. He didn't want him reaching Rome. He didn't want him spreading the gospel. Again, it's all about the territory. Because right after this, and I have to close here soon, but right after this, Paul, he shakes it off. They all call him a god. Paul's like, y'all are dumb and, and don't get it. And, and, and then he says, okay, uh, take me to the main house. So they take him to the main house. When they get to the main house, he heals the father who was diseased. And then after that, he heals everybody. He just, boom, 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 boom. Three months, healing everybody. The Bible says that Jesus went through all the land preaching, teaching, and healing every manner of sickness and disease. If all we're doing is preaching, we're not doing it. If all we're doing is teaching, oh, Holy Spirit, I hear you. We're not doing it. But if we're operating in the ministry of Jesus Christ, there ought to be good preaching, there ought to be good teaching, and there ought to be great healing, and God ought to be seeing people get healed, get delivered, Disease? Oh, come on! You want you want to be healed and prayed for? Bam! Let's see a healing touch. Because my Bible says, "Go to the elders of the church that they may anoint you and lay hands on you that you may be healed in the name of Jesus." I believe my word because I know my anchor, my anchor of hope, my anchor of faith. Oh, uh, no, y'all ain't getting it. Let me. Let, I have to preach a little. Can't preach a little bit. Just, just press a little more because you hear this, but you don't catch the full authority of this. When Paul got bit, Paul had never been bit before. When Paul got bit, hear this, by a venomous creature that could disease him and kill him. I hear you, God. When Paul did that and Paul shook it off, the enemy thought he was going to kill him with it. But God now gave him authority with it. Oh. So, so the thing that the enemy tried to say, oh, I'm going to pick your life apart. Say, devil, whatever tool you've got, whatever weapon you have, it cannot come against me. It cannot last. And the very thing that you attack me with, I'll have authority over. When I learn how to operate with Jesus, I have authority over it. Because Paul, oh, man. stay stand let's Let's all stand we'll stand so we can close if y'all don't stand i'm gonna keep preaching all day so for your sake stand but 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 hear me the devil thought he could take me out with my tracheotomy said you never breathe or speak on your own again my father prayed over me i got totally healed woke up the next morning with the whole piece of tracheotomy that i was missing Let me tell you, now when I lay hands on people, laid hands on a man in the hospital, woke up from a coma. When I prayed for a man who was battling cancer, healed from cancer. Because where where the enemy thinks he's going to disease you and put venom on you, the venom, it never outweighs the victory. And the victory always gives you a greater level of authority. The The devil thought he could take you out. The devil thought he could take you out with violence and destruction. Now you've got power over it. The devil thought he could take you out with hatred and anger. But God says, no, I've given you authority over that now. The the devil thought he could take out generations. So now God says, no, I'm giving you the power for generations. So now you're the only one who can speak it, though, because I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you authority because you learned how to shake it off, brother. You learned how to shake it off, sister. And when you walk in the victory and not in the venom, all of a sudden you start seeing life differently. And God says, look, now you've got, you don't just have victory for yourself. Now I want you to go heal every single disease that you see before you. How how do I know this is true? Because Paul never did this, not a day before this, until this viper Locked on his arm. And, the, and God, oh, can you hear heaven? The, the viper snatched him. The crowd started to boo him. And God in heaven started like, yes. Oh, yeah. And God started to get excited and say, good. You made the mistake, just like Jesus, when he was nailed to the cross, the devil's shouting and and the devil thought he won, and God said, oh, but now I have victory over death, hell, and the grave. You thought you made a mistake, devil. You made a mistake. Don't attack my chosen. Don't attack my people. Don't attack my son. Don't attack my daughter. I'm just trying to give you a heads up because if you do, I'll give them authority over every area of that life. That's why I can go into prisons because I can go into prisons because I've been in an area where the enemy had me in prison physically and emotionally and spiritually. I know what it's like. But now that I can step out of it, I can walk into it and say, oh, devil, we're about to free every captive," and we can speak it. Because God, you, I, I, I was operating on the venom, but now I'm in the victory. Wow. And this is the last thing, I promise, last thing. Third, third, third closing. Uh, so he gets all this. He does three months on the island. He does seven days on another part of the journey. Two days in two different places, three days, and then he's in Rome. So he finally makes it to Rome after four months. Should have been 27 days, too long. He gets there, and what does he do first? In Acts chapter 28, he does something very interesting. He's supposed to go to Caesar. Remember? That's how we started off. He's going to go to Caesar. We all talked about it. And he's going to go move the headquarters from Jerusalem to Rome. He's going to reach half the world. And he's going over there to do this. And what does he do first? He doesn't go to Caesar. He doesn't go to the palace. He doesn't go to the forums. He doesn't go to anywhere. He doesn't talk to an official. In fact, the Bible says that they gave him his own place with a guard. So the very people who were enslaving him now are protecting him. So let me just add an added food for thought for all of you right here. The very people who are against you will soon be for you. And God will cause them to be at peace all around you. And the attack that you have felt that tried to imprison you, they're now going to have to promote you. They tried to put you in prison. Now they're going to have to promote who you are and give you a place. Oh, oh They gave him a home. I'm, pr- I'm going to talk to somebody right now here and online who's praying for a new house. And God is saying God's going to give you a new home. God's going to give you a home. And the, the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So God's going to say, hey, yeah, the economy's saying that the house is way worth too much. And I'm, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to bless you. Why? Because I'm going to turn all these enemies into allies and all these critics into cheerleaders because I got something new for you. And when he does that, he says, "Okay, then now that I got my own place and we got our own house, I want you to bring the people of God. Not Caesar. Not a diplomat, not a politician. He says, bring all the people of God. That's weird, Bob. I thought he was there to talk to Caesar, but he calls the people of God. He, he, see, God isn't going to skip his people and go to Caesar, and he's not going to skip his house and go to their house. God isn't going to skip his house and go to the White House. Every great move of God will start with the people of God, and he'll start with you. He'll start with this house. He'll start with your family. He'll start with your family. He'll start with your home, and he'll say, Hey, I'm not, I don't need to. See, we've got the wrong mentality. We think the White House is here to tell what our house is supposed to do. But we're here to tell every other house, this is how things are going to go from now on. This is how things are run. This is how you love people. This is how you are leading people. This is how you help people. This is how you bless people. This house sets the example. Because God, God will never bypass his house for that house. God always starts with his house first. And he says, hey, time to start here everybody's been waiting for someone for me to just walk right by see the hard part is so many of us have been bypassed by friends and loved ones and family and fathers that should have been there that we project that image on God thinking that oh he's going to go to them first and then God said no I want to talk to you first it's all good They'll, they'll figure out they'll get the memo I want you to know I want to do a work in here. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, in Jesus' name, oh, the Holy Spirit is here, and you've divinely spoken. Lord, I pray right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, that we would begin to see the voyage in front of us, and we begin to understand that they may call us a prisoner, but we're all preachers. God, Lord, they may call us, Lord, the, the pilot, or we may want to be led by our senses, but God, we need to be led by the Spirit. We need to be led by the Word of God. And Lord, we thank you that we're going to stop trying to make sense of it all. And we're going to let the Prince of Peace come into our life to, to bring things into completion. Make sense. He, only he can. And so, Lord, put the pieces back together in our life. Guide us, direct us. Help us to bridge things up, lighten up, and free up our life. Help us to have the anchors of worship and faith and hope and purpose in our life. If this message is spoken to you and online, I want everybody who this message has touched in any way, I want you to raise your hand right now in faith. Raise your hands in faith. Both hands, in fact. With every hand raised and heart open right now, I'm praying for new territory. In the name of Jesus, there are hearts, these, these, this is the 276, God, Lord, that are going to change Rome, that are going to change Flagstaff, that are going to change Arizona, that are going to change your city. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that we are called to be transformers. God, Lord, where we see a transformation take place in everywhere we walk, everything we touch, there's been enough preaching. There's been enough teaching. It's time for a, a, a miracle. It's time for signs and wonders. It's time for healing. I thank you, God, Lord, that we're going to walk in the supernatural like never before. For territory to be taken. And with every hand raised and heart that's open, where the enemy has struck you and tried to put venom in you, God's about to turn and use for the victory in your life. You, When you leave here today, you will have authority over that area. You will have power over that area. You will have favor over that area. You'll have stature over that area. And God says, I am favoring you now. Shake off the venom. Take on and put on the victory that I've given you, that i paid the price for. And wear my victory everywhere you go because people will see the victory in you and not the venom in you. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you are doing a great and mighty work. Now with every head bowed and eye closed, you can put your hands down. If there's anybody in here who needs to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and make it today. Maybe for the first time, maybe to rededicate. It's been a long time. And you need to recenter and refocus your life. For everyone here and online, nobody's looking around. This is your decision. And you're about to make it. And we're going to stand and celebrate with you. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand in bold faith. Thank Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those online. Thank you for those in this house. For every hand raised and heart open. And everybody under the sound of my voice, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I receive you now. now. As my Lord, as my Savior, as my my Heavenly Father, Father. forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. new. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Yeah. Awesome. You know, continue to walk in this victory. Walk in this victory. Walk in this victory. Walk in this victory. And and, and that identity and purpose that God gave you. He gave you that identity. And God's got more in store. And I want you to be here next week because I've been praying and the Lord's been speaking in my study time, prayer time. And I want to preach a message. I almost called it I'm done, but I'm going to flip the script. And I am gonna. I think the Lord's calling it I'm not done. And, and so I want you to be here next Sunday with a message that I'm not done. And it's going to be powerful. And God's going to speak to your heart, your mind, your soul, and your future. Uh, honey, will you come and join me as we close? Can we just give God praise one more time? wow what a word i know that i received so much from that and that was my third time hearing it (laughs) Woo! it was so fresh though praise god wow you could really feel his presence in this place and the transformation power at work can't you amen amen Amen. let's do this declaration together say i I am the bridge builder builder. this This is is my season season of of favor favor. i I am blessed blessed to live my best. best I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. May God you, bless you be blessed, and we hope to see you tomorrow at the prayer services. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.